Anybody know what October the 16th is? Every year, every year, October the 16th is what? It's less than two weeks ago. Day after 15th. Thank you very much. No, two days after Paul's birthday. Gosh, how are we going to talk about that thing, man? It's National Bosses Day. It's National Bosses Day. This year it fell on a Monday. All right, all right, National Bosses Day. So that got me thinking. Actually, I was up at Country Lake, and Ross Connect up there was talking about what the staff did for him. I go, really, National Bosses Day. Uh, I had lunch that day, so I guess I took my boss out to lunch. But anyway, uh, uh, so I got to thinking about bosses, though. This is, this is the morning inspirational moment before we get on with the lesson. Because if, if you Google, you know, uh, Types of bosses, there's a million things out there. So I came up with six types of bosses, uh, from very, very negative to very, very positive, okay? So six types of bosses. All right, so uh, the, the, the first type down here on the very negative side, I'm going to call it the overbearing boss. Overbearing. You know, they are, they are always on you. They're very critical. It's just the overbearing boss that, 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 you know, nothing you ever do is right. They're always like, looking over you, micromanaging. It's the overbearing boss. They suck the life out of the worker. Okay, all right, uh, don't name names. Okay, uh, then another negative boss, uh, that's not quite as negative in my mind, is the unrealistic boss. That, that's the boss, they're just unrealistic. And so, so they, they make promises for your department that you all can't do. I know salespeople are, re, are renowned for this. You know, you're, somebody says something, you all can't do that and this and that. But, but, you know, the unrealistic boss has expectations that just really aren't realistic. And, and so they set you up for frustration over and over and over. Or maybe they're unrealistic about, about how much time you have or what, how much time it's going to take. That just sets you up for frustration. Not quite as negative to that, I think, is what I will call an absent boss. Now, at first, it seems good. They're never around, and you don't have to worry about them, and they're not really paying attention. But then over time, you realize, well, they're also never around when you need some help, or you need some authority, or you need to ask a question. It's that absentee boss. It's the, boss the boss that always seems very distant and aloof, not, not available. That's negative as well. On the flip, on the moving into the positive side, and I think this is what a lot of us will just settle for this, is what I'll call the fair boss. They're fair. You know, you, they, they treat you fairly. You, you get paid fairly, uh, proper expectations. It's the fair boss. And, and you know, they, they, you know they, they're not dynamic or this or that, but they're fair. And so you, you settle for that and stuff. I think beyond that, I was talking to a group of guys last week, and when I was talking about the best boss you ever had, many of them mentioned somebody who was encouraging the encouraging boss, the boss who seems to care about you and, the, and, and, your, and not just your performance, but about you. They're encouraging. They, they breathe life into you. That's, that's the encouraging boss. And finally, I think which is a, a very rare, but I, I'm going to call it the, uh, oh, what is the word I want for that? Not, not inspirational. It's the, yeah, 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 ins an inspirational boss. Inspirational. I mean, they are the kind of boss that you know is not only for you, they, they have a dynamic vision, you're, you're caught into it, they, they breathe life into you, you're excited to go to work, you are inspired to do it, they, they bring out more of you than maybe you even thought. It's the inspirational boss. Now, it'd be very easy for you to sit here and think about the bosses in your life. Uh, as one guy said to me, uh, he finally divorced his. But anyway, so but uh, that's uh, uh, but I mean, you can think about the bosses in your life and... Uh, 
But, and that's of some value, but I would encourage you, because all of us have a, all of us typically have somebody that we have some authority over. So where, where, where would the person in your life that you have some authority over, how would they view you? So here we are a couple weeks after National Boss's Life. What kind of boss are you? And what does that look like? And how does that, how does that involve the people in your life? All right, that's our inspirational message for today. And now let's talk about our proverb. Proverbs, uh, uh, we're going to do the parable of sower. It's found in Matthew 25. Matthew 25. Matthew, hey, and uh, I, I handed out, well, I didn't. Gary did, and maybe some other people. You, if you have a little handout, it might come in handy to you. You don't have to have it, uh, but this is uh, s- some little thoughts to jot down as we go. All right, we're going to talk about the parable of the talents, and uh, it's found in Matthew 25, beginning in verse 14. Matthew 25, beginning in verse, verse 14. I guess I ought to turn to it. Here we go. So uh, this is actually one of the longer uh, longer uh, parables, uh, I think it's, uh, one commentator said it was 301 words, uh, and uh, I'll believe that, I didn't count them, uh, but it's a longer parable, and so here's what we're going to do, we're going to do it a little bit differently this week, I- I'm going to read all the way through the parable, we're, we're going to look at the whole parable, and then we'll, then we'll kind of pull back and go back through it a second time to get more detail, so here we go, uh, a little context, if you, if you look in your Bible, this is Towards the very end of Jesus' life, he's in the, he's in Jerusalem. He's in the in the final week of his life. Matthew uh, puts several parables in a row, kind of the end time parables, some of them would call them. And so here we go, parable, uh, Matthew twenty five, beginning in verse fourteen. Uh, it says again, it will be again. I want to go back to Matthew twenty five, verse one, verse one. Says at the time the kingdom of heaven will be like, and then this is going to be the second parable we'll talking about. So this is about the kingdom of heaven. So here we go. Uh, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. And then, he, then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went, went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five, um, and he said, Master, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out, and I hid your talent in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then, you should have put my money on deposit with a banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. 
and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Whew. It's quite a ride, those 301 words, going from celebration to weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's, let's go back and, and think more about it. So, so on your little handout there I gave you, the one thing is we need to define who the characters are. So, so in here, it, 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 Jesus begins this parable by saying there's a master who called his servants and, and, and entrusted his property to them because he was going on a journey. So in this story, who is the master? As Jesus tells a story, again, it, it gets, it's not just a story. The story always has a meaning. So in the meaning, who's the, who's the master in this story? Yeah. All right, right, God, and, and particularly in this case, I think Jesus is referring to himself. Okay, well, well why is that? Well, why, somebody over here said Jesus. Why, why did you say Jesus? Steve? Right, so it refers to a second coming. How so? Oh, no, no, you're right. I mean, you're right. I mean, how does it refer to a second coming? I mean, how does the story refer to that? Well, but, but he, he, said, he said the master, interested, and he went away on a long journey, and then he came back. And so if this is about Jesus, that fits, it fits really nicely that Jesus is saying, hey, listen, here's a story. By the way, the master in the story is going to be me. I'm going to go away on a long journey, but I am coming back. I am coming back. So it's this wonderful, Jesus telling the story, there's a little, if you understood what he's saying, there's a prophetic message that I'm leaving, and, and within a, you know, with, he'll, he'll be crucified within a few short days, be on earth, uh, raise again, be on earth for 40 days and ascend into heaven. He says, but I am coming back. I am coming back. Paul, you were going to say something. He's went away, but he's coming back. Anybody else have any thoughts on why, why we think that would be Jesus, this story? I mean, he's the master, he's, he's entrusted stuff to So who are the servants? Who, 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 in the story, who's the servant? I mean, it, it, it's everybody, it's us. It's, and it, the cool thing is this parable is very much, it's so easy to look at them, you know, back here, but you can almost always read the parable, it's about you. And, this, and we are the servant, okay? Uh, we are the servants who've been, who've, who've been and, and I put on their servants slash trustees slash steward because, I mean, I mean, servants don't get treated like this. I mean, you have a, you're the servant, but, you, but it says here that Jesus entrusted his property to them. And I, I love that word, he entrusted, and that's where I came up with the word trustee. I mean, that's literally what a trustee is, is someone who's been entrusted with somebody else's property to take care of it, to, to work with it. And Jesus says, hey, listen, you know, in a sense he could say, you know, you may be my servant, but I'm going to entrust you with, with, with my wealth, with my property and stuff. Uh, well, let me ask you this. So it says that he entrusts them with, uh, in the, uh, you know, I have the old NIV. Some of you have the new NIV. Does the new, what does the new NIV say that he entrusts them with? Bags of gold. I, I, I got to tell you, I can't believe they did that. I mean, they don't even trust you to have any sense. Uh, the older NIV says he gave five talents of money. And then two talents of money and one talent of money. So what's interesting about the word talent is when Jesus told the story, talent wasn't that you could square dance and sing or something like that. Okay, a talent was, it was a measurement of weight, about 60 to 80 pounds. And so here is a talent of concrete. Uh, I lugged this in, 
And, uh, because, and some of you all who've, who've worked with I mean, I believe it's not the 80-pound bag. That, that is the craziest thing on earth to me. I mean, if there's 60, 80-pound bags, I'm taking the 60-pound bag. I, I don't care if it isn't. As it's a little bit more expensive. A 60-pound, this is a talent of concrete. Now, but it's not talking about concrete in this story. Typically, a talent would be of silver or of gold. And so 60 pounds, and let's just say silver. We won't get too crazy about the gold, which even back then was of more value. How much is, how much is a talent of silver? Well, it's 60 to 70, maybe 80 pounds of silver. That is 6,000 days wages, essentially. In other words, about if you're working six days a week with people back then did, you, you got about 20 years' worth of wages is one talent of silver. And so if he gave one guy to entrust five talents of silver, that's 100 years' worth of wages for the common man. This is a large sum. Even the two is, is 40 years of wages. The one is 20 years. And so he has entrusted them with a large sum of money. I mean, this isn't your typical, hey, here's five bucks while I'm gone. You know, don't, don't mess up with it. He gives them a huge sum of money, 100 years' worth of wages to the one guy, and says, work it for me. I'm entrusting this to you. Uh, you know, just, you know, see what you can do with it. And he goes off on this long journey, goes off on this long journey. So, so, so he's given this large sum of money. And again, the parables sometimes are kind of, Jesus is making a point, so he's saying, listen, I, I, I'm, he's given them a large sum, he, he's entrust, and it says he's entrusting them based upon their ability, it's kind of an interesting term, and, and, and he goes through it, and, and here's the story, the, the first guy who's been given five, and again, it's, it's a long journey, so he's got quite a bit of time, he, he, he works it, it says here, uh, he says, uh, the man who received five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So we're not told specifically what he does. I don't think it really matters. But he, but he, he's very intentional. All right, I'm going to do it right, right, right away. I'm going to start investing, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that, whatever. And he doubled it. He, he doubled the five to ten. And, and the guy, guy with two did exactly the same thing. They, they were entrusted this large sum of money. They went out, and they worked with it, and they created more. And they have this very famous line when Jesus comes back, they, they bring it to him, and, uh, and, and, and he says, well done, good and faithless servant. He says the exact same thing to both of them. You've been faithful with a few things. I'd say, wow, that's more than a few. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. But anyway, you've been faithful with what I've given you. I will put you in charge of even more things. And he says, come and share your master's happiness. So he says the exact same thing to both of them. Um, but then he gets to the third one. And we need to spend a little time with the third one because it's, it's kind of, it's one of those things in this parable that was kind of shocking. Uh, and matter of fact, to be quite honest, a lot of people just avoid this parable. There's one similar to it in Luke uh, that, that's slightly different at a slightly different time, uh, but it seems that's the same theme. And a lot of people just, just avoid this because, because of this. So the, the one who had one talent came, he says, Master, I said, uh, I knew you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seeds. So he, I, just, I just buried it in the ground so I wouldn't lose it. Which, by the way, sounds crazy to us, but in that time and place, it was, it was, a, it was a way to do things. I mean, you know, because he's got, he's, got a, he's, got, he's got a 60 pounds worth of silver. What am I going to do with it? I'm just, I'm just going to hide it uh, because I don't want to lose it. I don't want to mess up. So he hid it. 
And when, and when the master came back, he gave it back to him and said, here it is, because I was afraid. And Jesus' response to him was, you wicked, lazy servant. That seems very harsh. A lot of people are very uncomfortable with how harsh this is. And the other parable in Luke is just as harsh. It says the exact same thing. So why so harsh to this, to, to this, in this situation? Why? I mean, because, because, again, he didn't lose it. He didn't waste it. He didn't go off and spend it on himself like some of you are tempted to do with that 50 bucks from the church. He didn't do that. He just didn't do anything with it. Why so harsh? Earl. Okay, so, so Earl says the first two embraced the risk as if it was their own money, and that's what they would do. Some of us would do that with our own money. We'd say, you know what, I don't want to waste this, so I'm just going to keep it safe. So I'm with you, but I'm not totally with you. But I hear you. Anybody else, why so harsh? Sam? Okay, so Sam says there's no neutral. You're either going forward or you're going backward. There's no. This guy just tried to say, hey, listen, I, I just didn't do anything, okay? So, let's, you know, it's almost like it didn't happen. Here you go. Let's just say, you know, well, let's just call it even in a sense. Let's just call it even. And Sam says there's no, what do you mean there's no neutral? Yeah. Mm. So you got to keep at it. Get rewarded for that. Okay. All right, we got, you, well, you got, I don't know if it's a good answer, but you got people thinking out here. So, all right, all right. Yes, sir, Wayne. Okay, all right. So, so Wayne says, Wayne. Okay, so Wayne says that, that the master entrusted them with this to, to, to use it and not just to hoard it. And, and just to keep it, but this guy didn't even keep it for himself. He didn't even use it. He just, he just kind of hid it. But I'm, I'm following you, Paul. Okay. Okay, so, so it, it, it was, he gave it to them to use. I get that, but man, this seems really strong. Okay, Norm? Okay, so, so, so again, he, he didn't buy into the, hey, I'm entrusting you, so go with it. Okay, I, I'm getting to you, sir. I, I'm working my way back, okay? Because so far, we, they've not taken a good answer, so you're still good, right? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. So his, it says that the master entrusted them with this, but he didn't, how, how do you mean he didn't trust the master? Yeah, he criticized him. Yeah, 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 you reap where you don't sow, and you take what you haven't gotten. And imagine, he's saying this to somebody who's just given him uh, 10 years, uh, 20 years worth of wages. Yeah, but you're tough. Like, man, I need a tough boss like that. Yes, sir. So, so what I hear you two guys saying, it's not so much that he did nothing with it, but it's why he did nothing with it. He, 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 he said, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. You're a tough, tough man, and I don't really trust you, so I, I, I didn't do anything with it. 
ooh, ooh, this is a great, all right, now, like, listen, this is really dangerous. What's your name, sir? Eddie? All right, so we're rewriting scripture, which, I mean, again, all the time I think, man, I wish Jesus said it like this, because it'd make up a great illustration. So we're going to rewrite this parable. And so this guy is given one, he goes out and works it, but he just makes some bad choices, some things don't work out, and he ends up losing it. Do you think, what, what do you think Jesus would have said to him at the end of the day? Here's your chance, brother. You're about to rewrite scripture. What, what do you think he would have said? Well done, my good and not that, not that uh, uh, good servant. <laughs> yeah, well done, my, my lousy investing servant or something like that. You know, I, I, but, 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 you, but you tried, but you tried. Because, again, if he said, listen, man, I, I was so excited you gave me this opportunity, but I, I got to tell you, I, I, I blew it. He'd go like, haven't we all? Well, haven't you all? <laughs> and you've all blown it. So, but it's, it's okay. Well done. I, I, again, I, just, I wish Jesus had done that, but he didn't, so we, we can't work with that. But I, I think you guys are on something there with this idea of, listen to the way he described the master. I mean, you got to give him credit for being, speaking his mind, but his mind is seemingly wrong about it. In, in Luke, I, I love it, in Luke, the master says, okay, I'll judge you based upon how you describe me. If you think I'm a tough guy, well, here you go. You're going to get what you asked for. Uh, back here. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, the opportunity seemed to be a burden to him. Like, I mean, you stuck me with this thing, and I know how tough you are, so I just hit in the ground. Uh, uh, yes, Doug. Oh, 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 Doug. So maybe he was just hiding it until the master never comes back and then he has it. So uh, <laughs> in the 19, oh gosh, I just saw this last night. I think it was in the 70s in Southern California, there was a plumber who had a Ferrari. Now, they're charging too much if they have a Ferrari. But anyway, that's a whole other deal. He had, he had this, I think it was a Ferrari, maybe it was a Maserati. It may have been a Maserati. It's an expensive car. It's not a minivan, okay? So, so he had this, uh, this rare, and, uh, and he came up with an idea that he had some guy steal it from him, and, uh, and he would collect the insurance on it, uh, and, and they were actually going to take it to a, you know, a chop shop, have it, have it cut out for parts, and he's going to get some money from that. Anyway, he was going to get all this money from it. They would get some money. But the, the thieves ended up, and you can Google this, they buried the car instead. They did exactly like this. They stuck it in the ground thinking, well, the plumber will forget about it at some point, and they'll go back, un, un, unearth the car, and they'd have it. But what's funny is, suppose, I mean, it, it, it didn't happen for like six, seven, eight years. Some kids were playing above this, and, and they, they felt like it was something odd, so they actually went to some authorities, they ended up kind of coming and checking out, that this is, and they dug it up, and there it was. I don't know how you forget that you left a Maserati under the ground or forgot where it was, but that was their idea. We'll hide it until he's gone, and then we'll have it for ourselves, and we got paid for stealing it. So is this guy thinking, I'll just hang on to this until he's gone, and then I got it myself? There's, there's, well, he says, he describes him as wicked, that would be a kind of a wicked perspective, and lazy. You know, you, I mean, I've entrusted you, that, you with this, and you're just kind of doing nothing, and 
you're judging me as being harsh and critical. Anybody else want to add to this? Yes, sir. Equal to the what? Okay, yes, yes. Yes, and they, they've, they've at least received it and tried to give it to, and, and work with it. So if you see this gift as being the gift of God's grace, the first two accepted it, the third one refused it. Said, you know what, I don't want anything to do with it. All I want to do is not mess it up. And so they, he refused the, the gift of this interest. So, so if you look at it that way, it, the tough thing is, and, and this gets to our points at the end, but I want to start right now. This parable is not so much about salvation, but with the third, with the third person, it certainly is about damnation. And this, and this guy said, I don't want anything to do with your gift. And I, you know, I, just, I just push it away. Great point on that. Yes, sir. Yeah, he's talking about this. This is about the kingdom. It's about the and when he says kingdom of heaven, that's not just off in the distance. It's the kingdom is now. He would say the kingdom is now. He says, "Hey, listen, in, in this kingdom, I'm not asking you to be perfect. I'm asking you to to trust me and engage." Okay. Yeah, you can. So you, can you can certainly tie it to witnessing. Some are more successful than others. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes. He's not, he's not even accepting it. He's not, he's not yeah. Jim, I, he, yeah. Yeah. What, what, are you, what are you doing with what I'm leaving you? Okay, we, and we're about to, oh, good grief. Everybody wants to talk now. All right, yes, Dave. Okay, it's understand, and this guy feels like the boss is unrealistic, and, he, and, and this story is about more than that. You're ruining my lesson. Okay, let's go on. Okay, yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so not, not only does he have a fear of failure, which I agree with that, he's like, oh, man, I don't want to mess up, so I'm not going to do anything. But he, but he also says, and I'm afraid because I know how harsh you are. So he looks at the master and says, I know how, how difficult and how harsh. And, and, and again, there's nothing in the story. I mean, actually, the story seems, what master entrusts his servants with huge sums of money when they leave? That's not a harsh and difficult master. But he, he allowed his belief about them to, to overwhelm everything. Okay. Yes, John. Yes. I mean, so, so there's a wonderful picture of, of, of us and him, and we're going to get to that. Yes, sir. And so, so the master entrusted him, but as some of y'all said this, but he didn't trust the master. And so, so it, and again, and you may be like, wow, he must not be very good. He only gave him 
20 years worth of wages. Come on, that's, that, even the small amount is a huge amount. And, and, and this, this man ten, uh, chose to do nothing. All right, yes, Stuart. And by the way, great to have a comment from the hinterlands of the back right corner, okay? We, we don't hear a lot from you guys, so I appreciate that. Yes. Well, that, you know, there you go. Well, let's take it out. Okay, okay, right. motivational speech for Stuart. He'll be meeting afterwards to pump you up, but I got it. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Hang on, hang on. Yes, yes. So, so think about this. I, I appreciate the way you put that. He says, hey, he's, he's letting us know this is serious business. And I, me entrusting you with the kingdom is a big, big deal. And so I, I encourage you to go for it and try. But I also want to warn you that this is serious business. And if you want to reject the kingdom of God, you will be rejected. I mean, if you want to reject the gift of God back to the salvation piece, gentlemen, mentioned back here, if you want to reject the, the gift of my grace, it's, it's a serious thing. That we're not just... This isn't just something you do on the side. This is it. All right, fine, this is it. Yes, sir. So here's the deal. It's like, hey, listen, I didn't, ha I didn't have enough time to, in to do anything with 20 years' worth of wages. What the heck were you doing? I'm, no, no, I'm sorry. I said, I said that was it. All right, I'll come back to you, though, because you know I'm like that. All right, so let's move on. Uh, so, so Jesus just really harshly says, listen, I've given this to you. What are you going to do with it? All right, so. Now, so we've already kind of mentioned this a little bit. I mean, uh, it's, a little, it's a little clumsy for us English-speaking folks, this whole talents thing. Because, again, at that time, they would see, just see this as a, as a man. But we see the word talent, and actually the, in, the word talent comes into the English language from this Greek word, which is like talento, and it is straight out of this parable. This parable being taught through the years is where we get the word talent, which we also, I'm going to talk about athletic talent or musical talent or whatever, that's where we get it. So I, I, want, I want us to think now, because we need to do this, is what about me? What about us? So I, I've got this little organizer thing, and this represents you, okay? This, this represents you. It's, here you are. And uh, I, I want to challenge us to think, what are the, what are the talents in your life? What, what, are, what, what has God entrusted you with? What has God entrusted you with to use for the kingdom? Because, again, we said this story is about us, but I think many of us don't really think, well, maybe this story is about really talented people. or really, No, this is, about, this is about the average Joe. So what, what has he given you? All right, so, so I, I'm going to, uh, on your handout there, I have a little a, kind of a list of some going down. You can write these in. You can make up your own. So, so the first one I think of is, well, I do have a gift in here, a little gift. And we do think of our gifts as being as being talents from God. You know, maybe you're uh, particularly bright. Uh, you know, Stuart talked about some people are more talented than others, maybe financially. Uh, maybe you have a, a, an artistic ability. Maybe you have uh, an athletic ability. Maybe you're, you're really good at making things. Elmer back here can fix anything. I can't. You know, what, what are the gifts or abilities that you have? Some, some of you are just really good relationally. That, that's... And, and Jesus would say, I gave you that gift. You know, 
Now, now, Stuart brings up the point that some people develop their gift, but it's still they're developing what has already been given to them. So, so, so your gifts, that's, that's kind of the classic answer. Again, that's where we get the English word talent. It comes right out of this, this parable. I think another thing that we, that we need to think about, particularly in our culture, I, I, I put a ch- my wife's checkbook in here. So, you know, I don't think she's using it at 7 o'clock on a Saturday morning. But anyway, so, I mean, you know, what do you do with the finance? Because I got to tell you guys, being born in America makes you one of the first two guys. I mean, financially, we've been entrusted with more than anybody in the world's history has. And so, so we've been trusted with this. And so we like to say that everything is God's, we're just the steward. But do we really believe that? I mean, it sounds good, but, but, but Jesus said, hey, listen, I, I entrusted you with the financial wealth that you have. Now, some of you have worked hard at it. Some of you have grown it bigger than that. And God bless you. I think that's awesome. But he says, but about, you know, really, it's my stuff. You're just here to be the trustee of it and stuff. All right, so we've got the, you know, gifts, abilities, talents. We've got the financial resources. Here's another one. Another one that I think of is, is time. A gentleman back here said, what was he doing with his time? We've all been given 24 hours a day, you know, 60 seconds a minute, whatever, 60 minutes an hour. What are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your time? Because you've been given this gift of time. Uh, you know, uh, Bud Orr was talking to me this morning about he's going to a funeral today for a woman who died in her 50s. She didn't have as much time as some of us have had. And, and, and you want to have, you know, we, we, but you've been given this gift of time. And we would agree that, you know, you're kind of out of control of how much you have and, and what are you going to do with that gift, though? So that's three. All right, I, ooh, my, my friend Gene thought of this one. I was talking to him earlier this week, and I asked him about what are some of the gifts or, you know, the, the things that God's entrusted us with, and, and he, he came up with, with his love. And that, that really stretched me a little bit because he says, you know, God's given us this, his love, but what are we going to do with it? Are we going to receive it? Like that, 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 I think in the third servant said, I don't really want your grace. I don't really want your gift. I'm just going to hide. So we've been given God's love, but then we see all through Scripture that we receive God's love and then we pass it on to other people. You know, that, that's, how, that's how we manage. That's how we are a trustee that we believe I've been given so much love uh, that, that I give it off. You know, the Apostle John says, we love because he first loved us. It's all through Scripture. We're told, because I have loved you, you likewise go and love others. And, and there's that sense of, it's a never-ending supply of his love. I mean, Jesus made that very clear, the two greatest commandments, love God and love others. Receive God's love and share that. Again, if you've not been here for a while, one of the mantras, really about the only one, well, there's two. One is get your donut and sit down. But the other mantra is going way, way back, Gosh, I'm so bad with names. John used to sit on, sit on the stage, and his big line to us always was, all we have to be is good pipe. God's love flows through us to other people. And that was just, he just always said that that's, that's who we are. We're, we're just to be a conduit between God's love and other people. That we, we, we've been given this resource of God's love. We receive it. We give it to others. I got two more places. I'm open to other suggestions for what are resources, what, what are things that we've been given, we've been entrusted with, that God says, what are you going to do with it? What's that? 
Like, well, his word. Okay, well, that's interesting. Wendy. I, I, I've given you this, this written word, and not only that, I dwell within you. I speak through you. So what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with what I've given you here? Okay, I've given you my truth. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to hide it? Are you going to dig it in the ground? Or are you going to share that? That's a good one, Steve. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Our relationships. I'm going, to just, I'm going to expand it to relationships. And they've picked you to be a part of their life. So you've been given relationships. Wayne has relationships that I don't have. Now, again, it's funny. Sometimes we do it. He's a boy, you know. So uh, what are you doing with the relationships you have? Are you, being, are, you, are you acting like I'm a trustee of this relationship, and so I've got this relationship, so I'm, I'm going to try to... I'm going to use this relationship and allow this relationship to allow God's grace and truth to be a perfect. I, I, I like that. That was one of mine, but I couldn't think of a symbol for relationships. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, all through Scripture, it's like, take care of the relationships you've been given. So often, again, this can happen. So often, we can be so much about God, quote unquote, God's business that we forget that the ultimate business is the people closest to us. Okay? Yes, sir. Uh, any sir. Yes. Oh, so the gift of God's grace, what am I doing with it? We, we've been given this incredible gift. Am I, one, receiving it, and two, am I sharing it with other people? That's really, 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 really similar and tied into his, his love and his grace. And, and what are we doing with it? Yes, sir. I really, yes. All right, the Holy Spirit. We've been given the Holy Spirit. Are, are we just like, <clears throat> some of us have dug a hole and put the Holy Spirit in the hole. And saying, uh, we'll bring him out when the Lord returns. The Holy Spirit wasn't meant to be set to the side. It was meant to be sitting on the throne of our life. Great idea. Uh, yes, sir. Okay, so that's back with time. That's all those. Time, abilities, what are we doing with it? I mean, we've been given this opportunity. What, what are we doing with it? In the back. What's that? The influence that we have. You know, the... the, the <laughs> Every guy in here is an influential person in somebody's life. And what are we doing with that influence? It, it, it may be, uh, it may be a, a sibling, it may be a coworker, it may be a child, it may be a spouse, it may be a neighbor. We all have influence. And what are we doing with the influence that we've been presented with? Okay. Okay. Yes, sir. What are you, yeah. are you a steward of the difficult things in your life? Are you a steward of everything in your life? Uh, what are we doing with the, even the challenges we have in life? Now, Mr. Birthday over here uh, chuckled at that. Paul, you, 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 your career is helping people walk through the difficult things in their life. So we, that, that's not a gift that we're excited about, but it's the reality because, again, there's a sense of even in the worst things in my life, I can see how God has entrusted me with this moment. What am I going to do with that? What am I going to do with even the difficult things in our life? That's, that's a challenge because that's, 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 not, that's not a gift that we're looking to get more of. But he says, what are you going to do with it? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, 
So, so again, back on the Holy Spirit, I give you my peace. I, I give you my authority. I mean, he's entrusted us with so much of him. And are we, are we just saying, like, no thanks? Or are we saying, thank you, and, and I want to live out of that? Okay, we, we got to keep going. Oh, yes, sir, yes. What was that? Oh, yeah, 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 I see. He said, consider it joy for the trials and tribulations you have because, because in that, I, I, the, the joy part is not that we're having it, but that the God of the universe walks through it, through it with me. And in the back. Oh, yeah, I, I, so, so for, particularly for us Americans, we should step back and say, oh, my word. Isn't, we're the five talent people. You know, because we've been given so much. We've been given freedoms. We've been given opportunities. It's, it's ridiculous compared to 99% of the people who've ever lived on this earth. Doug, one more. Oh, I, yeah, I'll come to you because I haven't. You. Yes, yes, go ahead. Yep. So, so what, what are we doing with the teaching that we have? Gotcha. All right. Uh, yes, yes. Jerry. We're, we're all, and it's easy to go, well, Stuart's a political leader, and, and uh, yeah, that, was, that wasn't a joke. I mean, you know, and he's, he's a leader. Gosh, man, you are a tough crowd today, you know. We've got, we've got business leaders, but every one of us have leadership opportunities. The question is, will we hold it and, and, and set it aside, or will we hold it and, and let's, let's, let's run with it? Okay, yeah, it's Paul. Salvation, salvation, you know, back on the... You know, his, his, the gift of salvation, are we going to receive it? And then once we receive it, are we going to like hide it away until it returns? Or are we going to say, you know, I have the gift of salvation, so I, I'm going I'm to share that with others. He's, he's pointing to, oh, okay, oh, it's just John. Okay, all right, yes, go ahead. Oh, good grief. Gosh, I prepared that week. All right, so, uh, so we've got all these gifts from God, and what are, we, what are we doing? What are we doing with them? What are we doing with them? All right, so, so I just want you to think about, you know, you've been given all, you know, I, I've been given talents, abilities. I've been given uh, financial resources that this world can't imagine. I, I've been given time. I've been given uh, God's love. I've been given opportunities. I've been given circumstances, relationships. I, we, we get, you're like, Wow. All of a sudden, you realize, man, I've been entrusted with a lot. What am I? And Jesus says, let me tell you a parable. The parable is, what are you doing with what I've entrusted you with? So here's, again, I'm not good at this sort of stuff at all. But Jesus is, so I'll let him do it. Because he's kind of asking you in this parable, what are you doing with it? So I gave you, you know, I kind of, on, on your little handout there, if you did it, you, you could have written down some of these down this side here. Well, here's what I want you to do. You don't have to do it right now. Well, you can. If you write down, like, uh, abilities or time or uh, opportunities, financial resources. If you write them down here, on, this, on the long line, I want you to think from zero to 100. Just ask yourself, how well am I doing in stewarding that? So I did that last night. It was eye-opening. Because some of these, if I'm honest, I feel like I'm, I'm, used, I'm doing pretty well with some of these. There's some of these that I've put them in a hole in the ground. Well, put them in a hole in the ground, some of them I'm just terrible at. And I was convicted, like, you know what? God's entrusted me with this. Why are you wasting that? Why? And so, so I encourage you at some point, 
just maybe put six of those down and then just judge yourself. If you're not sure, let somebody help you who knows you well and say, you know what? What kind of trustee am I with my time? What kind of trustee am I with my finances? What kind of trustee am I with my abilities? What kind of trustee am I with the difficult things in my life? And just ask yourself and just see, and see where it falls in those places. I would, a little conviction is good for the soul. All right, it's 10 till. Let's do this. Uh, I boldly put down at the bottom three really good takeaways. Uh, I'm going to give you my three. If we've got some time, we'll see if you all have some more, all right? So uh, you all can judge whether they're really good takeaways or not. Uh, the first one I'm going to say is uh, I love where Jesus, because a lot of times we'll, we'll say, you say, well, when I, when I get to heaven, I just want to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's, that's right out of this parable. That's, that's where we get this. And, 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 I, and I love that Jesus says here to these two guys, again, one doubled it to 10, one doubled it to four, and he said the exact same thing to both of them. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. I, I was talking to a, a minister friend the other day, and he, we, we kind of, next week I'm doing a retreat for his church on Friday and Saturday, and he said, man, it'd be great if you talked about the parable of the talents. I go, well, yes, sir, it would. <laughs> yeah, so uh, thank you. And, uh, and he was saying, you know, it's, he says, well done. He doesn't say, well thought of or well planned out. He says, well done. I mean, it, and, I, and I do think a, a guy in our, in our Wednesday night group mentioned this as well. He says, you know, I think this parable is about being intentional. I think very few of us will be great stewards by accident. I don't think we stumble into being a great steward or a great trustee. It's a choice. It's a choice. And so when it comes to my gifts and my money and my time and God's love and my circumstances and my relationships and my influence, I'm going to have to intentionally choose to do them for God. I'm gonna, because on my own, I end up just kind of hoarding it for myself. So it's, it's, it, I, I would love it. Jesus says, well done, well done. So I think that this is all part of this first one. I often, some of you all have done this too, we think about what we would do if we had more. I have often thought, if I won the lottery, I would think how generous I would be. Because, man, if I had, give me, I mean, I'm not going to be selfish. Give me 10 million. If you gave me 10 million, I would be incredibly generous with that $10 million. And Jesus says, well, good for you. But what have you done, Joe? Now, not, not what would you do, but what have you done with what I have given you. Same thing with talents. People say, man, if I could sing like that, I would, I would, I would really, I, I, would, I would praise God all day long. Jesus says, well, that's awesome, but are you doing it now? And again, not that singing is all that, but if I was smarter, if I was more influential, if I had more, in, if I had more authority, we always do what we would do if we had more. And Jesus says, but what are you doing with what you have? And so for me, personally, I had to step back and say, okay, so not about what would I do if I had, but what about now? What about with what he has given me? And again, I, and I love this in this parable, Jesus didn't distinguish between the guy who had five and made ten and the guy who had two and made four. He said that you're not going to be judged on what you would have done if you had more. You're going to be judged on what you, what you have done with what you have. All right, so that's number one is well done. Uh, be intentional about it. The second one goes along with that. We were talking about this on Wednesday night in a small group I'm in. 
And a friend of mine, really good Christian man, very mature believer, he says, because we brought up the relationships thing, and he says, boy, man, being a steward of all these relationships, that feels like a bit of a burden to me. And I get what he's mean, because he's saying, like, I can't control how that relationship goes. And I realized, yeah, it just all you can control is, as it depends upon me, how it goes. And so, but I get it, as we go through this lesson, y'all can walk out here and go like, man, Boy, I, I'm not being a good steward at all. And, I, and, and again, and boy, now i got to be a steward over my gifts, over my money, over my time, over God's love, these relationships, opportunities. Whew, that feels overwhelming. Again, I, I, think that's, I think that's back to seeing it as a burden that God has put on us. And I don't think that's what it is at all. I don't think the, the first guy said, oh, my word, he's given me 100 years worth of wages. What am I going to, ah, I hate that he's given me all this. No, what an opportunity. I'm a servant, but I've been given 100 years worth of wages? Wow, what an opportunity. For all this stuff in your life, I want you to see this not as, oh, good grief, now God's expecting me to do something with all this. Oh, no, wow, what an opportunity to all these things he's given me just to try to use them for the kingdom. It's an invitation Again, the master says, I'm going to step away for a bit, and I'm going to let you do my work. What an opportunity that the God of the universe says, you know what? I don't need to be there because you are. I just want to encourage us that this is not a burden that, oh, gosh, I, uh, I don't, because that's what the third guy said. This is a burden. I don't want anything to do with it. No, no, this is an opportunity. We've been given so much, and he says, all you got to do is use it. Use it for the kingdom. That's, that's number two. And then number three, and I love this. With the first two guys, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. But after that, he says this. He says, uh, he says what, you've been, you've been faithful for the few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Again, that, that, is, that is in the present, and that is definitely in eternity. In eternity, we ain't going to be sitting around doing nothing. We're going to be, you're going to be tasked with doing great things. I, I, I'm excited about that. But then he says, I love this, come and share your master's happiness. God himself says, I've given you, I've entrusted all this with you, but there will be a day that I just invite you to come and enjoy my happiness. If you want to please God, you take what he's given you and you just live out of it. You just live out of it. As I was preparing, I thought of that famous line, from the Chariots of Fire movie from way, way back. Some of you weren't born yet. But the Chariots of Fire. And, and again, Eric, Eric Little, uh, great evangelist. He ended up in China, wonderful Christian man, uh, a great runner. And he was dealing with, you know, can, you know how do I, should I be a missionary? Should I run? And all sorts of stuff. And he's having this conversation. And, and he had this famous line, the line that most people remember the most. He said, God made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Listen, God made me this way. And when, so when I'm living out of how he made me, I feel his pleasure because I'm, I'm living out of what he made me. Some of you, you could say, God made me smart. <laughs> and when I figure things out, I feel his pleasure. Some of you said, God made me talented. Uh, in the, you know, we've got some... Lawyers, doctors, whatever in here, you all, you all make dramatic things in people's lives. Some of you is, God made me wealthy, <laughs> and when I bless other people with it, I feel his pleasure. Some of you can say, God made me 
<laughs> have difficult things. He's allowed difficult things to happen, and as I walk through them faithfully, I feel his pleasure. God gave me this family, and man, they're a mess. But when I love these people around me, I feel his pleasure. God made me, you fill in the blank. But when you're living out of that, it says here that he says, come and join me. Come, come and join in the master's happiness. I think God finds great pleasure as we use the things that he gave us. So often I want, I want the things that he gave Sam. No, no, Joe, enjoy what I gave you and live out of that. And he finds great pleasure in that. Uh, okay. So, Mr. Teach my conclusion before I get to it. Here's the deal, folks. This will happen depend on how you view your boss, meaning God himself. I got to tell you, many believers, if we're honest, grow up with an idea of that God's an overbearing, critical God, that he's just looking for me to mess up, and if I mess up, he's going to judge me. As I could grief, he's just always looking over me, or he's, he's at best unrealistic. Because, you know, God expects me to live this perfect life. I can't do that. He, he doesn't understand how hard it is down on this earth. Think how stupid that statement is, okay? But we feel that way, and Satan's all about it. A lot of us feel that our God is an absent God, and we're just down here on our own. Now, we got a few people we talk to, but, you know, where's God in my life? And so we view him as an absent, aloof, distant God. Many people just settle for fair. God's a fair God. If I do good things, he'll bless me. If I do bad things, he punishes me. We just end up with a fair God. And I got to tell you, that's not who he is. Some people see God as encouraging, or at least God's people as encouraging. He, he, he's for you. He's not against you. He breathes life into you. We're making real progress here. But I really do believe we need to step back and see our God as an incredibly, he's the greatest boss there's ever been. Real quickly, why is he the greatest boss he's ever been? One, he sacrificed to even give us this job. <laughs> number two, he's done all the work. We just have to receive it and act out of it. And number three, oh, yeah, he's got the best retirement plan there's ever been. <laughs> we'll, spend we'll spend eternity together with the Father, all expenses paid. Guys, if you struggle with this lesson about what to do with what you've been blessed with, I, I challenge you, before you get into all the things you need to do, step back and say, how do I view my boss? How do I view my God? Because Satan wants you to view him this way. It, it's the lies of Satan that he's, uh, he's overbearing, he's difficult, he's absent. Don't just settle for fair. That's religion, that if you do good things, he blesses you. If you do bad things, he curses you. That's just religion. Allow him to be not just encouraging, but the ultimate inspirational leader who not only entrusted you, but he paid the price for you. Let's close in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you that you have entrusted the men in this room with, with talents and riches and time and opportunities and relationships that are just overwhelming. It's overwhelming what we have entrusted to the men in this room. Lord, we, we are humbled that you would trust us with this. And Lord, I, I just pray that we would be men who are humble enough and wise enough to receive those gifts 
and to live out of them with a passion and an excitement and a joy that represents what you've given us. Lord, all these things are praying in the glorious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Men, go live well. We'll be back next week. The Good Samaritan next week. Look forward to sharing that with you.